All right, welcome to the latest edition of WARP in Cincinnati. Paul Dater Jr., C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic are here with you, and it's a it's a big week. It is a big week, Trent. It's very exciting. Yes. Do you know why? I have theories. You have theories? <laughs> Here's the good news. We're free. We are free. Free from what? Uh, free. Tyranny. Tyranny. Uh, Potentially from losing, uh, and also free for everyone to listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever your preferred podcast platform. Once a week, free from now until the end of time, or or a change in decision. I mean, yeah, a change in policy, <laughs> right. but Those definitely, definitely for the for free. far foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future, very free, very very free. The Reds. Are going to be good potentially, and we are going to be free definitely, which is uh, good news for you. We, of course, we've been doing this podcast for a year now, uh, almost. We started early in the season last year, uh, and it's been, of course, behind the paywall. Um, you can still, obviously, they will have like bonus emergency episodes when something happens. Um, Beyond the one per week, those will still be behind the paywall. So if you want those, be you can be a subscriber. Of course, you sh- there's so much other stuff behind that paywall. You should, I would hope you would want to subscribe anyway. But that'll be part of that, and you can listen ad free uh, on the Athletic as well. But as far as all the good stuff that we've got for you, we are here for free once a week, all season long, and into the off season on WARP in Cincinnati. So hey, big news. It would be, hey. and that would be cool if that was the only big news we had. We've got, would, we've got other big news. It would be super cool news. Oh yeah, we but do have. We have big more news. big news. We have huge news. The huge. huge news is huge. Super excited that on March 26th, the Wednesday night before opening day, opening day Eve, we will have a live Live Reds season preview show at the Holy Grail, right in the shadows of Great American Ballpark. People, the butt, people are going to be preparing for the, uh, <laughs> the tornado that is the opening day Banks party. Yes. Uh, battening down the hatches, but we will be there talking Reds, talking season preview, taking questions, all of that type of stuff. That is going to be at eight o'clock will be our show. Actually, Reds hot stove is going to go off at six. Down there, and you have a little break in between, and then at 8 o'clock, Trent and I, potentially others, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be a fun atmosphere, though, and we're going to do a full season preview uh, of, of what's going on with the Reds uh, and where they're at. It's, it's gonna, I'm, I'm excited for that. You used to do shows like this back when we were at the Inquirer, particularly the ones on the night before opening day were some of my favorite events uh, that we had ever done there. Yeah, we always had fun there. Lots of fun. And there's just a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, anticipation and excitement. There's a lot to talk about. You just will have spent all this time, uh, in, in Arizona. We'll have a lot to, you know, sort of discuss about where the season looks. And there's excitement about this team right now. So I, I couldn't be, uh, more pumped about the direction of WARP in Cincinnati because it's going to be good. Great. You sound I hope pumped. So. You sound. I know. I'm trying. I, I'm just trying to let my natural emotions out, Trent. I'm just try, I just I my I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. That's who I am. Huh. Well, there you go. You don't. I'm proud of you. You're you're not as much of an emotions on the sleeve guy. Or maybe Actually, you do. I really just, am. I just <laughs> don't really have are. them. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just dead inside. Dead inside. The Steve Trent story. Yeah. Uh, we've got some stuff to get to uh, on this episode, though, as we kind of get things kicked off. Um, we're, you know, you've been out in Arizona. I am going out this week. Um, we're just going to kind of talk about some things seen, heard, takeaways, all that kind of stuff of, of what is going on with the club right now through the first, what are we on now? It's been like two and a half, three weeks, something two like weeks, that. something like that. Um, so we'll kind of, we'll just dive into a few of those topics that are popular out there. And then uh, since I'm going out, it feels like a great time. And a lot of you maybe that are listening, maybe you're on a plane right now listening to this on your way out to Arizona. Uh, a perfect time for a little traveler's guide from from somebody who's been out there before, and that would be you're like the Goodyear expert at this point. I I've had a good year, you know. <laughs> you know the lay of the land, that's for sure. I've, I I can get you around. Um, actually, my my wife was just in Phoenix. Uh, we kind of switched spots. I am back in Cincinnati, and um, and yeah, so we kind of switched spots, and uh, I gave her some recommendations. Because so I will you do can that. give similar ones to our listeners. So for those that are going to be out at spring training at all this year, Trent's got all you need to know. Let's dive into uh, this team. Oh, by the way, also I wanted to make sure I mentioned this: the next three shows, a big part of the shows, we're going to be doing sort of a full organizational preview. Um, so next week we're going to look at pitching, top to bottom, uh, where they're at, uh, you know, from the minors all the way up to the top. Uh, we're gonna. Look at the infield the week after that, the outfield the week after that, and then, of course, we'll be at the Holy Grail. Um, also, Trent, you know, it'll be really good to talk about pitching. You you talked to Mike Moustakis about this. I thought this piece was fantastic. Thanks. Um, and it was, you know, when you sit down with somebody and they have such perspective on such an important topic, you just let them, you know, just let them speak. You know, and I thought it was great just listening to Mustaka's perspective on this starting five. What did, what did you think about what, what stuck out to you about what he said? Cause he said a lot. Um, but did anything stick out to you particularly about that? Now I'm trying to remember it all. I'm so sorry. I'm thinking. Well, I mean, he talked about pretty much every starting pitcher. Yeah, he did. And it was, um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting from his perspective, all the, you know, challenges that these guys per, uh, uh, kind of present and um you know we didn't even get to t- we didn't really even talk to Tyler Malley about Tyler Malley the guy he's 0 for 7 against um so I did think that was kind of interesting it was um it, it's it's all they're just each guy comes at you and there's something to there's there's some uh there's some challenges jeez I'm just tripping over myself but yes Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was surprised how poorly Mustakas has done against all those guys. And I guess there's probably a long line of people who have done poorly against the majority of the red starters. But uh, I didn't, I didn't realize it had gone that <laughs> gone that bad. He's definitely on the right team. Yeah, no, it's very helpful. And a lot of times you get those platitudes every time, but I mean, the numbers kind of back it up. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fascinated by this whole thing for. For him and for this team. I mean, that is really the strength of this team. Yeah. I think this is really a good opportunity. Now, Trent, I mean, you've, you've got the audio. We, we, I think what, our last episode, we had the Trevor Bauer audio, which people are still keep coming up to me and talking about how great it was listening to that. Um, 
<laughs> I think I, I heard that from multiple people in the past uh, couple of weeks. Um, so may, let's take this opportunity to drop in some of the uh, Mustakis audio um, and and a chance to listen to him talking about the Reds starting pitching. Like going through those guys, like what's it like to face, say, well, let's start with Luis Castillo. Right. What's it like to face that guy? Yeah, uh, obviously what, what he does is incredible. Um, you know, he can he can ramp up to what ninety eight or so, reach back and get there, and you know his movement's disgusting. And then you got to deal with the changeup also. And you know he's able to command all of his pitches, but obviously the fastball changeup combo is one one of the better two pitches in, in baseball with the the sink that it has on it. And the changeup comes out, it's more depth on it, but same spin and same arm angle. It's it's almost uh, it's almost impossible to pick it up which one's which. Um, <laughs> basically, you're, uh, you're you're hoping you guess right. Even when you do guess right, is that a is the change up even harder? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's still a it, it's one of those pitches he can tell you it's coming, and it's still going to be hard to hit just because it's so good. It's got so much depth and such good arm action that you know it just never gets to home plate. And like your your mind is trained that when you see this, it's a fastball. Absolutely. And so it's kind of it's got to be real tough, even if you think the change is coming, because it probably is. Absolutely. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that's something as hitters you, you learn over time uh, to be able to you know adjust on pitches and mm-hmm. um, there's things that you know as you play longer in this game you can pick up on and things like that. But like I said, that's one of the best one-two combo pitches. Uh, in baseball just because they look the exact same yeah. same arm angle he does nothing different on it and then it comes out 8 to 10 miles an hour slower with deeper action on it what about Sonny I don't want to talk about Sonny <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about Sonny I haven't looked at your numbers no, that... <laughs> it's uh I've always had trouble facing Sonny even back in uh in Oakland uh when he was with Oakland he's just one of those one of those guys that uh it's just he was kind of before the times, I guess, with that fastball spin rate revolution thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was doing that back back then too, throwing the four seamer up, cutter off of that, and then the the hard snapping curveball. That's just you know uh, disgusting. And he's gotten even better at that uh, over the years. And uh, it, it's just he's, he's just an incredible pitcher. And I've never never played with him yet, but yeah. uh, other than in the All Star games, but. Uh, watching his uh, mentality and the way he goes about it, it's, it's pretty special. He seems like a uh, an awesome competitor, and he's a guy that uh, seems like a, like an awesome competitor on the mound. That curveball is just yeah, it's the same thing. It's like four seamer that comes out the same plane, and that curveball out the same plane, and then just straight down. And it's hard. It's he does nothing different. There's no no tips. Same arm action. Same everything. And then it just straight down. He's made me look silly a couple times. I, I, I hope you're okay with this. I was just going to ask, is it like Trevor? Is I've faced Trevor for a long time. Right. Uh, when he was with Cleveland and with, uh, you know, with him, it feels like, it feels like he's commanding every pitch, like he's pitching with two strikes almost. Like he's, uh, he's not going to give in. He's not going to make a mistake. Uh, and he's going to, go at you with what he wants to go at you with and it's like he's got what six or seven different types of pitches right. and you can't really game plan for a guy like that uh, you just have to go up there and compete and uh, 
and he's reaching back throwing what 96, 97 now too. Like he can get it up there in ninety. I don't, I don't even know what what his velo's up to now. But um, you got that. You got the curveball. You got the changeup. You got the all all the stuff. And uh, he's a guy that you feel like uh, he's not. He's not gonna let you beat him. You're gonna have to go out there and, and grind out a tough at bat every yeah. time you get in the box against him. Yeah, and he always has a plan. Always. I mean, whether that's just to blow you away with heaters or uh, you know spin it, he, he's. It, it just feels like he's commanding what he wants to do. Like his his presence is on the mound. Then, you know, Wade Miley. Yeah, he's been. You've been on both sides with Wade. Yeah. Yeah, I faced Wade a little bit, and then I got to play with Wade. And Wade is a guy that I feel like, uh, and I got to watch him watch him do it. Uh, he's going to go in there with that cutter. Uh, he's going to pitch to that side of the plate with the cutter. He wants you to make make contact, weak contact off off of it, and then uh, he works fast. He keeps the defense engaged, and that's what you want uh, yeah. as a defensive player. You want to stay engaged in the game. Uh, you know that he's going to, you know, he's going to be in the zone throwing strikes. So you're on your toes every pitch ready to go and uh he's a, a fun guy to play defense for all right that was uh a portion of the interview with with mike moustakis uh out in arizona and if you want to read the full transcript which is fantastic talking about um all the ins and outs and specifics of this of this staff uh it's of course uh up on the athletic uh right now along with all the rest of the coverage from goodyear um what I'll just open it up really, really wide open for you, Trent. I have, I have a couple here, but I'll let you start. You've been out there, but I have not yet. Uh, not yet. What, what kind of, what, what, what kind of stood out to you from your first, you know, couple weeks in Arizona? I mean, this is kind of, I don't know. It can be cliche and it can be weird, but there is a good vibe. You know, there's a confidence. And, and I think I wrote that in, in the, um, C notes that I did, uh, before I left about how, there were people who, you know, one player just said to me, he's like, I think, I really think we're going to win the World Series. I mean, and there's actually a belief like that. Um, and not to say, uh, people will say that, but they didn't say that on the record, which is almost, I, I think you know this more than, more than as much as I do. Sometimes there's more strength in what they say off the record than on the record. Cause, yeah. you know, like, what else do you expect them to say? Oh, we're not going to be any good. Um, and guys will say, be measured on the record and like throw out some, oh, you know, some like platitudes and some optimism and, 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 and that they want for the, for the like outside world. Well, this is kind of inside and this is just a feeling. These guys are like, no, I, I really think we can win it and I feel really good about this. And that's, uh, that's a that's it's it's different and interesting. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, you know, one of the one of the stories I, I want to do, and I know I never like to put them out there before I do them, but I, I do find what a fascinating aspect to this team is. You have a lot of guys, uh, uh, more than you would think, that are kind of a core of this team that have been to hell and back. You know, I mean, they, they have been through the losing and that just wears on you. And, uh, and I think the op, it, it makes the optimism that much stronger this time of year when you have been through year after year where on, off the record to whoever you would never say anything remotely like that. 
and I think it makes it it makes that vibe, like you said, even that even that much stronger around the team because this is a lot of guys that probably had some times wondering if their entire major league experience will be filled with losing yeah. uh, and never really being in the mix and now feeling like they have the team to be in the mix. Uh, I, I think can, can have an even bigger effect just because of, of where they've been. Yeah. And so I, I, I think it's going to be kind of fun. And, and if this team needs to get out to a good start, cause last year there was a similar, like, Hey, we're better. We're not, I mean, I'm not going to say there was, there was, there was optimism last year at this time too. Um, and then the start they got off to just killed that, um, you know, it it, it 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 made it really really hard to continue to have that kind of optimism. And I mean, and that start was basically used all year. You know, as well since they started one and eight, they're blah blah blah. And it was like, yeah, but you did, and yeah. you can't you can't run from that. And you, that's a part of your profile. And you're right. I mean, getting off to a fast start and because it's, it has doomed them a number of years can. And it just builds belief. It's funny, you know, on the, on the Bengals side of things, it just to, to correlate across, this crosses all sports though. I had a lot of talk about the differences between some of the first year coaches last year. There was like seven of them and they all sucked except Matt LaFleur and Green Bay. Well, obviously one of them is Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, but a big part was, and, and from a story our good friend Jim Ozarski did in Green Bay was, man, they said the, they won their first game of the season in Chicago and it, and it looked their defense played great, and the, and with a new coach, you, you you buy in, but you you're not super sure. But there was a lot about how that really changed everything, and it, it created the momentum and a sense of belief. Now, baseball is slightly different because it's such a longer season, but mm-hmm. when you have so many new parts and you are trying to build belief of a team that has not done it before or has some major new difference, which this team has that. Um, even in year two of David Bell as manager, you know, the opposite side of the spectrum is you start like the Bengals did or like a lot of the, the, the first year coaches did where they all, you know, I think everyone was at least one and three or oh and four with their only wins being against each other. And they all ended up with poor seasons because it, 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 it really cuts at the core of the belief and you, and you get this, oh, here we go again thing. And there becomes pressing and all the other stuff that comes along with it. And you start doubting the new aspects of, of whatever the team is. Again, baseball can be slightly different, but there is something to that considering where this franchise has been in recent years and how they started last year. Right. And, you know, there is the other example of the Nationals who were just terrible, but they, that's a team that had won before and had been there before. And they kind of look around like, Hey, you, we're, we're better than this. Um, with the Reds, I mean, it may have just felt like, oh, this is who we are. And, uh, it kind of just spiraled and everything went poorly and then it went better. And, and when, I don't know, I don't know how much to ever put into these kind of things, but when you have a guy like, you know, Mike Moustakis and you look at his track record and the teams he's been on, I mean, I think there is a real impact from, from those guys who can step up and just say, no, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Um, so you you have him, you have Pedro Strope. Uh, these guys are longtime winners. And I don't know, maybe it'll be a different vibe because it's just there's so many different things that pop up during a season. And when you have veteran players, they can really 
calm the storms, even when you start out like you did last year. You know, when you have a Max Scherzer and a Ryan Zimmerman, uh, they can, they can be like, no, we're, we're still okay. We can still come back because they, we, we know how this works. And I mean, there are some of those on the Reds, but not as many. And you know, Joey Votto is not a real vocal type leader. Uh, Mike Moustakis is, and that'll be kind of an interesting new dynamic. You, you wrote about this. The the fact that the these guys that they have acquired and and all all this money spent, a lot of it went to you know it went to guys with this leadership quality and this this being at the core of winning locker rooms and clubhouses in the past, and, and how much that can change and affect the dynamic. And, I mean, in no sport more than baseball is a you know a believing positive clubhouse more a part of the difference between teams that really win and winning and really lose just because of the the monotony of it and and i i do think that has been because it's so hard to quantify has been the least discussed important element of this team and the acquisitions they made is is the effect that it can have on the everydayness of being a cincinnati red yeah and and that's something i talked to um at Media Day, I talked to um, David Stearns, the the GM of the Brewers. You know, this is one of the most forward-looking organizations out there, and they've had a lot of success. And he said, no, that's a big part of our success is that that clubhouse and, and what you can do. He said it's, it's impossible to quantify, but yet it is still important. And it's um, – I don't know. I, I think it's something that, that could be uh, a big X factor for this team. Now, if – they stink on the field, then it doesn't matter how great they are in the clubhouse. And, uh, you know, David Bell kept saying he felt like he had a good clubhouse last year. Well, it didn't matter because they didn't win. Yeah, exactly. I mean, inevitably you have to have the talent. I think that's the difference is is clearly the talent is so much better on this team um, than it has been. And the the depth is, you know, to be able to handle the injuries and and things that are happening here and there. Speaking of, what do you know about where we're at with Eugenio Suarez, Nick Senzel? I mean, where is what? What are we looking like for them, and when they'll start playing this year? You know, I, I, Eugenio Suarez has started throwing, started swinging. Um, at some point, there was an optimistic feeling that he could be ready for opening day, and I, I think that op, there's nothing that is that is kind of. Um, I don't know what's the word. Uh, nothing to kind of take that optimism away. There, there's yeah. nothing that says this is unrealistic. This isn't going to happen. Um, and and it's funny. I think Nixon Zell's a little ahead of a Johannio Suarez. Yet I feel a little less optimistic just because of what I've seen him doing and not doing. Um, not not to say that there's anything up. Um, I just think it's, it's all how a body reacts and he, you know, we're still about a nearly a month away from opening day. So that's a long time for the body to get, to get ready and to get right. Um, he's a guy, he's in, in shape. It's just doing the playing and that kind of thing. So we'll see. It's, it's not to say at all that I think he's not ready or won't be ready, um, it's just kind of a, a feel thing, and um, but I, I think he's gonna be okay. I, I don't worry about 
Nixon's out long term, even if it's just, even if it's just like a, a, a minute or two, you know, like a, a week or yeah. a couple of days. It just, you know, I don't overly stress about missing five games of 162. Right. Yeah. If he has to start a little later, then so be it. Just to make sure that he's fully ready to go by the time he does actually take the field. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a, there is a bit of, uh, advantage to, I mean, that's the advantage of the depth that they have. I mean, what, I mean, what point we were talking about Dixon Zell, like maybe it's, maybe he's better off starting in Louisville. I mean, so it's not like, it's not like the team has, some massive hole without him there. You'd love to have him there, but they obviously have enough pieces to more than cover for him if he has to take some time away or is a little longer or whatever happens. Yeah, and um, we'll just see. It's I'm not exactly sure, but all things are positive. There's no one who it's there are no real big surprises, and at that at this point, that's it. That's probably the best way to be. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like every year I always wait for, uh, you know, the first week or two of camp and you hear blah, blah, blah has sore, soreness in his elbow. It's like, no, not, this is how it always starts, right? And the next thing you know, it's their season's over, you know, or whatever. It's always, it's those little things that creep up right at the beginning. They, oh, it's not a big deal. We're just going to work our way back. And then it becomes something huge. But the Reds do at this point. Uh, I'm sure they're knocking on wood, uh, do have, you know, a pretty clean slate as far as that type of stuff goes right now. Yeah. I mean, it can still happen. So I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. You get there. Well, what wasn't it, uh, pretty much one of the last days of spring training last year with Scooter Jeanette? That was last year, right? Yeah. It was one of the last games. Yeah. Um, it was and that it last ended up week. Throwing off the entire like plan. So, I mean, right. so it can, it can happen anytime. Let's take a let's take a quick minute here to uh we got we got to recognize our sponsors Trent you know let's recognize know. best recognize let's, let's we best we best recognize them all right if you were to guess on average how many days people in the US have to wait to see a doctor what would you say a week maybe Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities, basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Rowan have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you to a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. The doctor decides that treatment's right for you. Roman's pharmacy can ship you your medication with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or you want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there's no commitments. You can cancel any time. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash W-A-R-P for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right. Now, thanks for that word from our sponsors. Trent, here's the thing. We are... I'm going out to Arizona. It's been it's been a few years since I have been out there, but I'm going out for the week to compile some things, uh, talk to some players, as you say, uh, take in a few tilts. Um, but really, for most people that are going out to Arizona, they have nothing but time to kill, and going to games is only a small part of it. In Goodyear, there's a lot to be lot to know about Goodyear. 
where it's at, maybe other stadiums that are great to visit if you're looking into like, okay, maybe should I go to this road game or go take in Cubs versus White Sox or whoever. Um, let's, let's start there. Like if what's your number one recommendation that you give to people that are going out for spring training? Honestly, I would, I don't know that you have to stay in Goodyear. I would stay, and actually I did this last time. I'm not following this, <laughs> this recommendation this coming time just for other reasons, but don't, don't dismiss staying in downtown Phoenix. Um, I, I think Phoenix has a lot to offer and it's, it's a nice space, especially if you're not doing just going to the Reds games. It gives you a nice central location. And, and one of the things is people are worried about traffic. Well, if you go, Basically, if you're going west, as long as you're going west for a day game, you're you're going to be cross traffic. Um, in the afternoon, people are going back from Goodyear or from downtown Phoenix to Goodyear, so you can get some traffic that way. But for for most of the time that you're out there, it's going to be a cross traffic. So it's twenty twenty five minutes from where I stayed downtown, right off I ten, and uh, I think we're on Eleventh Ave. Um, Phoenix is a grid system. Always remember that. So 10 is kind of right down the middle. Um, anything west of Central Avenue is an Ave Avenue and anything east is a street. So just always keep that in mind. Um, you're going to be 120th something in Goodyear, uh, Ave. Uh, those aren't actually Aves at that point, but still you kind of get the point. What is that pizza place in Midtown that you recommended that was so uh, good that I, I, I can't remember did, the name of it now. Did we go to Chibo or did we go to Pizzeria Bianco? Either way, you're not going to. Pizzeria Bianco. Yes, that's the one. Yes. They also have Pane Bianco, which is one of their other restaurants. Any of the Biancos, they have several of those restaurants around. Uh, they're going to be fantastic. Pane Bianco, there is a um, Caprese sandwich that's just unbelievable. And it's, it's simply that it's, it's mozzarella, tomato, and basil on a really nice piece of bread. And it's, it's phenomenal. It's one of the best sandwiches you'll ever have. And really the best part about going to spring training is just getting to sit out on the patio and eat at all these great restaurants because it's just so refreshing. Yeah. Uh, there are so many places. Yeah. I think we went to, um, oh shoot. Um, we're, we, there are a lot of patios. There's a place uh, called The Yard that has um, the Arrogant Butchers at The Yard. And uh, this is more in Phoenix area uh, that has this big open yard that you can hang out and eat at and, and drink and, and do all that. There's cornhole. There's all sorts of other stuff. It's ping pong. It's such a great outdoor space, especially in February and March. It's the best time. Like, if you do spring training in Arizona, you're always fooled into thinking, I could live here. This is great. Then you go back in August and, well, things are a little different. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I know that I did when we went down on our trip was we also – we packaged a couple of days in Sedona. Sedona's I wonderful. I cannot recommend that enough. It is incredible. I, yeah. I mean, I have never seen any, there is no place like it. I had never seen anything like it. It's such an awesome area up there. Um, I mean, the, the like rock formations are just wild. Um, and it's so, it's just such a cool place and it's such an easy drive, a couple hours up the road. Um, and the drive is worth it. It's it. just, that's part of totally. the fun is that drive. 
I would yeah, also the first time you see one of the giant rock formations, you're like, whoa, and then you start weaving in between them the rest of the way. It's just wild. It's kind of like, uh, well, there's a Simpsons reference for everything, but it, there's like this one, like Lisa the vegetarian, and she's like, oh, this is like a cute little lamb, and then there's like a cuter littler one, and they're like, oh, and then another one, oh, and then like the first one comes in, and they're like, out of the way, you, you know, it's kind of like that. It's like the first one is like, <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing, and then you just get numb to it. Um, yeah. and it, they're just so great. I would also say if you want to do it extra more, I mean, the Grand Canyon is, it, it's, a, it's a hole in the ground, but it's phenomenal. It's a, it's an amazing place. The, the drive is very manageable and easy. I mean, you can do an up there and back if you kind of Clark Griswold, the Grand Canyon, uh, which is what <laughs> I've done. And I still really enjoyed it. Flagstaff is such a cool place. Um, cool town and Flagstaff. So I, 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 I I don't think I think that is worth the the trip up is to to go see the Grand Canyon as well. Okay, good year recommendations now. People good that year. are going to the game, they're going to be in good year. There's like eight things to do there. Uh wh- where do you where do you start with what you would need to be doing in so, good year? Well, if you're getting out there early, the Black Bear Diner is a great breakfast. Um it's on uh, Dysart uh, it's a couple exits from the, from the stadium. It's a, it's a great, like, diner. It's actually good all day. Um, my wife loves it. Um, if you're a big breakfast eater, it is a big breakfast. It's one of those that on the days that they have night games or off days, you'll often see the players get in there because that's the one time that they get to go get breakfast as opposed to starting early like the rest of the time. And, and it's, it's something that players do all the time. Um, so they spend a lot of time there. They like the, uh, black bear. It is a fantastic breakfast. Um, I have not been because I am, uh, limiting my calories at the moment and, uh, it is not, it's not an ideal place to limit your calories. Uh, so it's fantastic, but you're, I'm there for work. You're on their own vacation. We all know calories don't count on vacation. Um, you know, one thing about Goodyear is you do have, you have almost every chain you can imagine, um, especially when you roll in Avondale as well, uh, which is kind of the next t- little town over. If you go from the 101, which is a big freeway that goes up to Glendale and Peoria, west of the 101, if you start there, you have almost any chain you can think of. Uh, they, if you like going to Chicago and having, you know, uh, the, the Italian beef for the hot dogs. They have a Portillo's there now. Um, they have everything. Uh, In-N-Out Burger, of course, is a favorite and something that we don't get in Cincinnati. Whataburger, uh, one of my personal favorites. Uh, they used to be headquartered Corpus Christi, Texas when I, when I lived there. So, uh, it's kind of a, kind of a feeling of home going to Whataburger. Um, but like, there are some Mexican restaurants. The one that's kind of quintessential, um, um, Goodyear is, oh, jeez, why, uh, Raul and Teresa's, uh, there's actually two, um, two, uh, locations, the one near the ballpark, kind of by the airport, and yes, there is an airport, uh, you will not be flying in there, uh, is the one I suggest, <laughs> it's kind of the old one, it's just, uh, it's an old school kind of, uh, Mexican place, and, um, you know, if you want to go into Avondale, there's actually a lot of little taquilleras, I can never say that word, but a lot of the little taco places that I've not been to that I kind of need to rectify. I say that every year. 
Um, there's also Laura's Hamburgers and More, which is a good burger, a good local burger, good onion rings, um, good stuff there. Um, some of the local chains like um, Oregano's is a pizza place a lot of people like that's a deeper, deep dish pizza, um, some nice sandwiches. Uh, you know, if you go into what I did, I'll tell you what, on my last trip, I was staying in Phoenix like I did. There's a place called Flower Child, and it's a small local chain. Um, I often grabbed dinner there and would get a salad for the next day for lunch um, because I craved their kale salad. And so I would I would order two meals at once, one to go, and put it in my refrigerator and take it to the ballpark the next day. And there I had a great, great lunch, um, a responsible lunch too because it was a kale salad. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to see or to eat there. I, I, it's, it's, there's a lot of different places. And then there's, uh, a bar, if you're in that, um, kind of mood called Roman's Oasis. And I, I love Roman's. It's just, I mean, you're not going to have the great micro brew selection. If you want to do that, there's Saddle Mountain Brewing, which is good and it has a good menu. Um, uh, so that's a, that's a place in Goodyear right up the road on Australia Parkway from, from the, the Goodyear ballpark. Uh, but Roman's Oasis is a little more out there. You could tell that at one time it was like the last stop and I'm talking, oh man, it looks like this was probably there in the forties or something. I, I don't even know when <laughs> this thing, it is like that. And, um, I think it's cash only. I might be, um, it's, it's kind of, it reminds me of the bar in the Blues Brothers. And, you know, like what kind of, what kind of music do you have? Oh, we have both kinds, country and western. Um, <laughs> I, I believe there's a stage with chicken wire over the front of it. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I, I like Romans. Uh, they actually apparently have food there. I've never eaten there. Um, I've only had, uh, like bad domestic beers there. Uh, and, and, and maybe some other kind of libations, but yeah, it's, it's kind of great. It's, it's and it like at one time it was like the last outpost before desert and now it's across from a target. Um, so <laughs> everything ends up being across from a target. Uh, the, the one thing I want to say was, uh, so if you're, when you're at the stadium, there's a couple of cool, really cool areas. Um, I, I would highly recommend, Sitting in the grass out there in left field, like just hanging out in because it's a, a beautiful day. I mean, it's a true like. There's just kind of a little like a picnic party atmosphere out there, which is very much sort of the spring training atmosphere. And also, there's sort of a bar table lounge area up above right field. Uh, they just have a ton of tables there. There's a bar up there. Um, it's it's just come down, sit down wherever you want to. Um, totally relaxed. The, the relaxed atmosphere of the stadium is noticeable. End of the yeah. game. It all, it all sort of plays together. Of just, it's very much a, you know, first come, first serve, come one, come all in pretty much every area. No, it's 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 laid back. Um, I don't know. Uh, you have more experience with that than I do. I don't think I've ever gone there for a game that I wasn't, you know, working. Um. So yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to blow you away, but you're going to have a nice view of the game wherever you sit. Um, you want to bring your sunscreen? 
uh, maybe, yes. maybe a hat, um, for the original purpose of shading yourself from the sun. So there's, that is certainly something to keep an, keep an eye on, uh, do bring sunscreen. It's really, really important. Um, it but yeah, really no, is. it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a good time. If you have kids, they have a little, little area where the kids can run around and, and you should be fine. Um, again, it's a, it's a fun place to watch a game. Uh, don't go like spring training. Don't ever expect spring training to be a bargain. I see this all the time. I mean, Goodyear is, is one of the stadiums where you can always kind of get a ticket and they're probably relatively reasonable. But I mean, to get into Scottsdale Stadium where the Giants play, I mean, that's going to be, if you complain about Great American ballpark prices, you don't want to go there or Mesa with the Cubs. <laughs> um, it's just, it's not this great romanticized bargain that everybody makes it out to be. Um, one thing I want to highlight is the backfields, um, and, and kind of, that's where all the minor leaguers are. And they will start playing games about the, I think the 15th or the 16th. And you can just walk there. It's, it's at the Reds complex, which is about a mile down the road from the stadium. And there's basically this area where you kind of south of the stadium on the south end of the complex that you can just walk back there and watch all the minor league guys watch Hunter Green, watch, um, you know, at some point Jose Garcia is going to be down there. Uh, you can watch all of those without paying. Um, and they usually go on at one o'clock. Um, most every, every day batting practice begins at 10 o'clock. And again, you can, there are ways to walk around. I'm not a hundred percent sure on where the entrance is for fans because I've never done that. Um, but you can go and watch batting practice starting at 10 o'clock and, and, and see, uh, the guys do some drills beforehand. And, and, um, so that's something a lot of people enjoy. Um, the minor league side, you can enjoy that as well. Um, and so even if you don't have a ticket to the big game, go to the minor league side and watch some of that. If that's just what your fill is and that is cheap. So that is, um, and there's always a game in Goodyear for the minor league. Once the minor leagues start, basically they have four teams, uh, you know, rookie, a double a triple a, and they, they have those teams and two will play on the road and two will play at home. And a lot of times that road game is with, uh, Cleveland actually more often than not is with Cleveland. And it's, so it's just north of, uh, like walking distance. The teams walk there. So, uh, it's, a, it's a, it's a good time. That is, uh, I feel, I feel like if, if you listen to this, you don't feel like you have a comprehensive feel for what to expect when you go into spring training, then, uh, I feel for you. That's what, that's what, that should fill up your time for sure. Do you want to do uh, the quick, uh, Cactus League map? There's kind of an east and west. And uh, just, okay, just to yeah. give people that idea. On the west side with the Reds, in Goodyear, you have the Reds and Indians, of course. Um, up in Glendale, which is depending on where you're staying, there are places I've stayed in Goodyear that is closer to Glendale Stadium than Goodyear Stadium. Uh, that's the Dodgers and White Sox. Up in Surprise, if you take the 303, which is a highway that's a little west of the ballpark, uh, you have the Royals and Rangers. Um, if you go east and you take the 101 up to Peoria, that's the Mariners and Padres. And then just a little bit more east, but still on the west side of Phoenix and Maryvale, is the Brewers. Those are the teams that you can, I mean, if one of those teams has a night game, the Brewers don't really have night games, uh, but the rest will. So if 
or if you the Reds have a day game and you're out there for or for a night game, you can go pick a day game at one of those places and still be well close enough to go to the game, do two games, and have a nice dinner in between. On the other side of Phoenix, you have the Angels and Tempe. That's kind of the closest one there. The Giants and Old Scottsdale, which is really nice, but it's a small, it's kind of like the Wrigley Field of spring training. It looks really nice, and it's kind of a fun atmosphere to be in and drink in, but it's too expensive and too crowded for what it really is. Um, it does not smell as bad as Wrigley. Um, up in Salt Salt River Fields and um, Talking Stick up in um, Scottsdale, a little bit north of the Diamondbacks and um, Rockies. It's a beautiful place. Usually tickets available, you're fine. Uh, the A's are in the Cubs, are, uh, are in Ho-Ho Cam, which is kind of the old um, Cubs spring training. And it's a nice facility. It's actually kind of like, kind of like old school in a nice way. Um, less touristy than uh, the Giants in Scottsdale. And then there's the Cubs and they're gleaming new place, which ironically is named after a toilet company, but it doesn't smell like a toilet like Wrigley. Um, <laughs> and their place is so much nicer than when they play the rest of the season. Um, so uh, it's, it's really nice, but it's also expensive and full of Cubs fans. I do. I, I do enjoy how you, you, you hold back your feelings uh, on Wrigley field on here. You know, I'm, as I tell my wife all the time, I'm a teller of truths. It's your teller of truths. I should do that about that. Uh, many more tellers of telling of truth, uh, will happen over the next few weeks. Again, we'll be here every, uh, every week and the, the organizational previews will start next week. We'll, we'll break down from top to bottom, uh, all the arms, uh, in the Reds organization as far as those that are relevant to the club, those that are developing, uh, and, and where they could land and, and, uh, just sort of where everybody's at. Uh, so we'll get and, into uh, that next week. Keith Law will have his Reds top, I think, 20 up on the site this week. So that's going to be a nice little uh, oh, there we go. starter for that. Reds fans, big fan of Keith Law. Keith Law is. <laughs> Hopefully they'll like this one bet more than they liked the last one. He, um, he just released today, as we record on Monday, his organizational reports, and he had the Reds higher than Baseball America did. So there you go. Keith Law, Reds homer. I'm that's sure it. Keith will appreciate hearing that. <laughs> absolutely uh all that all that stuff uh up on the site uh and more and again free once a week we are officially free on itunes spotify wherever your preferred podcast platform once a week emergency bonus episodes will be uh still on the athletic uh behind uh, the paywall and then march 26 8 p.m at the holy grail live Opening day, Eve season preview show, eight o'clock. Holy Grail, myself, Trent, uh, should be a good time. We'll we'll ha- discuss the season, take questions, all that other type of stuff. Should be a really really fun night. I'm really, really looking forward to it. All of that and more as we're just getting started on the season uh, with with opening day. Man, right around the corner, almost there. So, thanks everybody for listening to this episode, and we will uh, we'll catch you next time on. W-A-R-P in Cincinnati.